0: Hey, friends. We're back. I'll be dropping a new podcast around this time every month. I've got some exciting changes planned, but it'll still be mostly your good old bird dad. Let's get started. This is the Bird Dad Podcast. I'm Ian Carlson. It's the morning of January 1st, 2021. Early. I'm driving south down I-295. To my left, Beyond stands of oak and pine, dynamite walls and the occasional shuttered strip mall, bands of bright pink and orange are rising into the cloud-flecked sky. I pass a little tidal inlet, a flat gray murk where skittery gusset creek empties into the Presumskit River, and then into Casco Bay. Several black silhouettes lift up and float into the waxing daylight. They crank their black-tipped wings lazily in the cold air. And pink light flashes off their white chests and brown streaked necks. Herring gulls in winter plumage. If you are the type of bird watcher that, like me, keeps track of the number of species you've seen each year, then this day has a special place in your heart. On January 1st each year, all the year lists get set back to zero. The accomplishments of the previous year are tucked away into a journal or spreadsheet. Any bitter sweetness of that moment quickly fades away as the sun rises over the Atlantic and the excitement of a new list begins. The true course of a year's birding is impossible to determine in its first day, but the auguries and divinations of that first day, especially the first bird, are irresistible to speculate upon. Last year, a croaking common raven outside my bedroom window was my first bird. A prodigal bird for a prodigal year. I saw over 240 species, even with having a newborn and suddenly having a pandemic set upon us that prevented me from traveling outside of Maine for the last nine months. I also made a state birding benchmark, having seen over 300 species in the state. But what will a herring gull entail? Will I finally learn to identify young gulls? Will I range far and wide? crossing the Atlantic? Will I spend my year lurking around dumpsters in fast food parking lots? Ten minutes later, I spot a pileated woodpecker flapping like a miniature pterodactyl, moving through a once-continuous patch of mixed hardwood forest that the highway has cut in twain. Then an American crow. Then, a hunkered-down lump of a red-tailed hawk Squinting hungrily above the highway's grassy shoulder. And so my questions about the omen of the gull fade as the year list grows. We're at Nubble Point in Cape Nettick, Maine. The plaintive and ethereal mewing you hear is coming from a raft of velvety black sea ducks with bright orange bills called black scoters. And that squeak comes from a pair of harlequin ducks, with the male looking splendid in his elaborately striped white and slate-blue plumage with ruddy chestnut accents, which If you've not seen one before, I encourage you to grab a field guide, or do a Google, and check it out. You can even stop the podcast. They're just stunning, stunning ducks. And there's a herring gull again, reminding everyone of his status as my first bird of the year. There's an assortment of other less vocal seabirds here, too common eider, surf scoter, common loons, razorbills, horned and redneck grebes. Most of them are flecks bobbing on the sea, some singly, some in rafts of 10 or 20. I'm here with three friends Doug Hitchcock, Nick Lund, and Michael Tucker. We're of a similar mindset when it comes to birds and lists, but with various levels of dedication and intensity. I myself tend toward the less intense end of the spectrum, but I enjoy the thrill. What are you guys looking for? Just all of it. The all. Birds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mostly sea ducks. A lot going on. Cool. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. Happy New Year. I've found that with nine plus months of Interrupted sleep, my ID skills, as well as my confidence in them, have diminished quite a bit. I think Razor Razorbill back up? Mm, no. No, that's a long-tailed duck. I wonder how long you keep somebody? Let's see, flamingo. It's it's just just out there. You should come. And, oh, it's just over. Hold on. It's nice in these contact-starved times to have people to joke around with even if the jokes aren't total knee-slappers. A bird really doesn't happen until there's a New York Times article about it. <laughs> the highlight here is a female king eider that dug spots. It's apart from various rafts of common eider, and diving frequently. The stockier head and black bill, compared to the wedge-shaped, gray build profile of the common are the field marks that Doug points out for us. It clicks, and I file the tips away in the somewhat unreliable cabinetry of my mind. We've made the trip down to start our year lists off with a rock wren, a vagrant bird that's normally found west of the Rocky Mountains, But that's been overwintering along a rocky beach just north of here in a Gunquit. Each one of us has already seen this bird less than four weeks ago. But that was the ancient past of 2020. We're also determined to find a northern shrike. It's another great winter bird to find in Maine. But when Michael revealed that he'd never seen one before, in this year or any other, we jumped at the opportunity to help him spot one. You only get to see a lifebird once, and the second best thing to finding your own lifebird is helping someone else find theirs. A northern shrike has been reported regularly from the edge of a farm about 20 minutes east of us, so we hop in our cars and caravan over to that spot. Though the temperature is slowly creeping above freezing, the night's frost has frozen the grass solid. It crunches underfoot. We slowly spread out along the edge of a large field, searching for a drab gray bird with a faint mask, maybe a little bit bigger than an American robin, perched on the edge of a tangle of bushes or some puckerbush shrub. Pucker birds the shrike is also known as the butcher bird because it has a habit of storing leftover bits of insects, birds, and small mammals on thorns, sharp twigs, and barbed wire. There are a few gray birds perched about, but they're not shrikes. Another mockingbird. Fuck you. From the roof of a nearby silo, another first of the year takes off, fleeing from a farmer's gun. Yeah. That's you only get that today. Yeah. I only really The most exciting day. rock pigeon I'm going to have all year. Winter birding, which primarily consists of slowly walking around, staring down into bushes and up into bare trees, doesn't lend itself necessarily to good audio. Yet, here you are listening to it. And here I am, spending hours of my day editing it down. Someone is just shooting guns. I, I can't. Yeah, I don't. Just shooting. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Going after those pigeons? No Shrike so far. But some other welcome visitors appeared. Yeah. Bigger than I. It's hard to tell size from the picture. What? Oh. Red Redpolls. Red poles. Red, poles. red poles! A flock of red poles buzzes overhead and settles into a catkin-laden birch tree. I've only seen red poles this close once before. They're like little white and brown streaked finches with big red spots on their foreheads and I'd never seen them in York County. They only stray south of their boreal forest homes every two or three winters, so they make a nice tick for my county checklist, as well as a satisfying tick for the year. The Shrike was, as far as we could tell, not present. Shrike, Uh, (laughs) nope. Ah, Mockingbird. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. What's that though? That's. Major luck. Searching high and low for an hour and 29 minutes, we were unable to find it. it. We pack up and head to the rock wren, which we have some rather absurd luck with. As soon as we arrive, we spot the wren bobbing in its usual spot among the large hunks of granite placed along this inlet as a storm barrier. Silent and focused intently on hunting insects, the bird popped out of sight and never reappeared. Moving between or below the rocks out of sight for, as we later discovered, the rest of the day. In fact, had we not chased the shrike, we would have missed the wren, as it was not seen earlier in the day either. uh, Pleasantly auspicious. And Michael didn't have to wait all that long to see his Northern Shrike, either. I got a text from him a few days later, saying that he saw one as he was running errands, about a mile from his house. gull or no, perhaps it's best to try to make your own luck. This podcast is written, recorded, and produced by Ian Allen Carlson. Music by Doubletone. Thanks to Doug, Nick, and Michael for letting me record some of our birding together. Also thanks to our friend Ed, who was supposed to come along, but ended up drinking too much champagne on New Year's Eve. And a very special thank you to Sandy Kamins, who asked my mom if I was going to ever make any more Bird Dad episodes. Well, here you are, Sandy. Thanks for the encouragement. the ancient past of 2020